Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean, a very special edition of Carlos and Sean. I, we're, we're coming to you on a sunny Sunday, actually, Carlos. It's uh, amazing. It's poked through the clouds after the snow bowl yesterday at Michigan Stadium, where the ceiling was low and it was nice and cozy, and maybe not so much for the Ohio State Buckeyes, but my goodness, what the heck happened? What did we watch? What kind of history unfolded yesterday, Saturday, Carlos? At Michigan Stadium between Michigan and Ohio State. You know, I, the, the thing, saying it's a special edition, Sean, it makes it sound like I've got an illness I've got to overcome or something, and we're going to have some kind of uh, some kind of curative plan for me. So I, I'm a little worried, but... No, but I'm glad you're I'm glad you're making the biggest win in Michigan it, it, since 1997. I'm glad you're starting this podcast off by making it all about you. Of course, it's all about... It's the Carlos Show with Sean. I mean, that's really what we, we decided, and then uh, you changed it. Well, your name is first, yeah, so, of course. And, and, I, and I bow down to that. I bow down to that every yeah. week, and I'm cool yeah, with yeah. that. That's yeah. fine. But what the heck happened yesterday, man? Did did you see this coming? By the way, I got made fun of it as soon as I got into the press box because I was the and I hate to say this because I'm lousy with predictions. <laughs> I did I did pick Michigan to win. It was just a gut feeling, and the, and I was com- completely getting ridiculed. But did you see this coming at all? I only saw it coming because I read the free press, and you were the only person in the free press who who picked them. And it was also nice because normally during the Lions picks, you you put a whole effort of one sentence into the pick. And this time you actually, I think, put two sentences into your thoughts and with a prediction. So it was nice to see the effort. But I did not see this. You know what? Let's just be honest. I mean, what what Ohio State did to Michigan State last week, it was so outsized, so crazy, such a beatdown that anything even within a touchdown was going to be actually kind of a, an acceptable loss for Michigan, I thought. So no, I don't think anybody saw this this kind of beatdown from Michigan. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Michigan State Ohio State game. So I was at that game in Columbus, and as that game was unfolding, I leaned over a few times to our our fabulous colleague Chris Solari. You know the great Chris. Oh, he's Solari, a great right? softball. He actually came to one of our softball players, right, Tad? And uh, not, none of our columnists come, but Chris came. Well, Chris is, as you know, if anybody knows him, he's always smiling. He's always cheery. He's always relaxed. <laughs> he's, he's he's always oh uh, yeah. He's always really. He's always really patient, really calm, <laughs> just sort of a, a reservoir of, of just of chill, right? You know what I mean? It's it's really something. In any case, no, it, 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 watching that game Saturday, a week ago Saturday, at, at Columbus, watching Michigan State lose in that way, I, I just I didn't think it was going to carry over to Michigan at all because I felt like it was just the worst possible matchup for Michigan State. Their best two defensive players, uh, to me, are their tackles, and they're good tackles, they're, but they're run-plugging tackles. And maybe we've talked about this a little bit. They're, they're not Indomitian Sioux. They, they don't collapse the pocket. They're good, solid, steady college football players. Maybe maybe a couple of them will get a chance at the, at the next level. But um, what good are a couple of tackles against Ohio State when you don't have ends that can collapse the pocket and you don't have the, the, the secondary can run with those receivers? Oh, my goodness. So I just thought it was a bad matchup. Kenneth Walker was a little bit banged up, you know, and it just snowballed. But but it, what with Michigan – Carlos, those two ends, I mean, those aren't just any two ends, right? David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson, those guys are first-round picks. Aiden Hutchinson's going to be a top-five pick. Ojabo might play himself into a top-ten pick, you know, if he sticks around one more year, right? I mean, these are huge difference-makers. And well, you saw that Saturday, yesterday. I, and, I, and that's the thing, I, and I hate to give you credit, Sean, but I will. Um, yeah, that was the thing that that played into Michigan's fa- favor here was that you know, that that passing attack that Ohio State has, those three really great receivers and C.J. Stroud, you know, the snowball 
kind of negated that advantage because it couldn't be a passing game as much as Ohio State probably wanted it to be. Uh, so then they had to run the ball. They did a decent job running the ball, but that took one of the big advantages away from Ohio State. So I was like, oh man, this is this is gonna. I wonder if this had been a nice, clear, you know, day, how much more Ohio State would have had a better chance to to really use their aerial attack against Michigan at Michigan Stadium. I don't think it would have mattered. I mean. I... C.J. Stroud, but by the way, he threw for 394 yards, I want to say, 97, 94, something like that, almost 400 yards, right? They scored 27 points. On the drives, they didn't do anything. It was because he didn't have time to throw. It wasn't because he was losing the ball or the receivers were dropping the ball. Those receivers, you saw, um, uh, my goodness, Garrett Wilson make an incredible catch at the pylon or near the pylon. He leapt up and then got his foot down before he went right over the pylon. And then and – then, uh, the other receiver, well, uh, Chris Olave is a great receiver too, but the but this the balance that Jackson Smith uh, in Jiba, right? Do, do you know do you know the catch I'm talking about with yeah. him? Yeah, and and Michigan's best corner was on him. DJ Turner, he he somehow contorted himself around and almost caught the ball behind Turner's back. Right, right. I mean that was just that was just outrageous. The snow didn't bother that at all. There wasn't a lot of snow until. It was just kind of flurries. But you it was saw slippery. The field. I mean, it was slippery. They couldn't. They couldn't. You know, you could just yeah, see they weren't getting their footing the same way, getting the same cut. Maybe, all that. maybe a little. I don't think that had much to do with it because you saw the duress Stroud was under all game. You also see the talent level Stroud and those receivers because, like I said, they still almost had 400 yards of of passing offense. A lot of that, I think, was at the end, though, right when they're playing catch up. I mean, they had to throw the ball almost the whole fourth quarter. A little bit, a little bit of that was at the end, yeah. But I, I don't think the snow had anything to do with Hutchinson and Ajabo breathing down his neck. I, I just don't, right? I mean, they, those, those guys. I do think Michigan Stadium affected it, especially with the false starts. I mean, you, you know, the Buckeyes can lament that they weren't disciplined or whatever, but it was loud in there. I've never heard yeah. it that loud. Aiden Hutchinson and a lot of the Wolverine players were saying they'd never heard it anywhere near that loud. You know the reputation that stadium has, right? Uh, to me, that that was part of the the, the, the false starts. But anything, what else do you want to say about the defense before we get to the the other side of the ball? Well, because... let me let me let me ask you this, and this is a little related to to the defense, but also something you wrote in your column. I know you've been itching to mention your own column, so I'm going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I'm not. Really. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. This is uh, what this is about. But anyway, uh, you wrote a good column. Um, in the free press, and you mentioned. Oh, really? It, yeah, yeah. It was a nice change of pace for you, but it was it was a nice column. Uh, appreciate <laughs> which it. one the, the 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 first one or the, the second, second one? one? The one where you basically are crowning Jim Harbaugh coach for life and uh, coach of the year and everything. Coach of the, maybe coach of the decade. Well, that was more about Michigan, wasn't it? Or the administration? No, it was about we, Harbaugh. We can talk about that in a minute. But but in that yeah, in that yeah, column, yeah. you have a line. You you quote uh, Aiden Hutchinson saying that he'd been thinking about this and he'd wanted to. You know, thinking about tearing the goalposts down, you know, um, and you said, well, that didn't happen because this is Michigan. Um, and and that's one thing I've always found interesting is just how, you know, Michigan fans always get blasted for, you know, like not being quite as uh, crazed as you see, you know, in other places, you know, hot uh, college football hotbeds. But why? Yeah, like Fresno. Right. Fresno Riverside. State. Exactly. You see Riverside and Cal State Fullerton. But. By the way, undefeated since 1992, Kelsey Fullerton. Um, so uh, that's when our program ended. But but why is that? How is how is Michigan a football school, 
but they don't get crazy. You know, I mean, this was what we saw in the field yesterday was the closest thing I've ever seen in my time in Michigan to like that kind of craziness. But but they didn't tear down the goalposts. I mean, come on. It's the first time in who knows how long since they've beaten Ohio State and first time for a hardball. Like how? Why? What, what is it with that fan base, Sean? But you like you love the word zeitgeist. So, Explain it to me. I don't know that I like the word zeitgeist at all. I think you like the word zeitgeist and you don't, but you don't want to use it because you're worried about how people think of you if you do use it. So you project onto other people that they use it when in fact they don't use it. And why the f- heck are we talking about? Oh, oh. Wait, I'm text it from Monjanet. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Zeitgeist. I said heck. I said heck. I st- this isn't I, sold I to Detroit, myself, man. But, Come on. No, yeah, right. Uh, so what are you saying? You wanted them to burn couches, so they're not they're not real college football students I, and fans until they burn couches. You tell me. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I just don't. Uh, for a, a dyed in the wool football school, man, it's such a it's such a calm and serene base most of the time. It is. I mean, I would argue that it's you know, even for Christ, yesterday. Chrysler, the Chrysler Center now, Chrysler Arena before. I would argue is always. I mean, it's the difference between what the Breslin Center is like with Michigan State basketball and Chrysler. It's, so right. it's not specific to me. It's not specific to football. It's specific to Michigan, right? I mean, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want. Although if I don't you got, know if it's if you, I know you hate the mix. Well, you hate hockey. You hate hockey, but if you ever went to hockey. Yost Arena for a no, I love you hockey. Went to Yost I just, Arena. I just that is the it, antithesis. You don't watch it, you don't play it, and you don't you don't go to games. But you love hockey. No, um, no, no. I've been to, I've been to Yost Arena, and that is nuts. the the one place. That is the one place because they. But again, but again, I I want to make a distinction with that real quick, and maybe we don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, Carlos. But I remember writing a story about this a long, long time ago when Red Berenson, the hockey coach, iconic hockey coach in Michigan, had to go out and plead with the fans, the students, really. Right. To stop swearing so much, right? And, and the, the vulgar poems and all that sort they of thing. They send a letter out. Yeah, but again, to me, that's not quite the same thing. I think they were mimicking that sort of uh, faux erudite kind of wannabe elitist <gasps> thing from Duke. From Duke. <laughs> Did you right? say erudite? Oh, my God. They're No, 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 but they're, they fancy themselves, and I don't want to paint too broad a brush here. <laughs> Forgive me. But I remember dealing with this, and not dealing with it, but I remember writing all about this. And back at the time, some of that stuff had come from the students at Duke, and you know, you know what we, you know what Duke is, right? And, what, and those students are coming from all over the country, from a very fairly small percentage of uh, of wealth, right? Michigan's not there. I mean, Michigan doesn't fancy itself that kind of school, at least at the administration level. But uh, but I I feel like that's different. That's that's not couch burning either, man. Well, I think that's I not tearing that's not tearing down a cold post. That's just trying to be clever with your words and mixing they, in big words with uh, swear words. They didn't want to be. I mean, of course you turned it into basketball. You went you wrote a hockey column about basketball, but it wasn't Cameron. They wanted to be Princeton. Princeton is the one that they're crazed, and the Ivy League Ivy League hockey is that way. And yes, it is kind of that elitist kind of, we want to mimic that, but it was Princeton that yeah. was doing that kind no, of stuff. No, but they borrowed the chant from, uh, it was a part of a chant that started at Cameron. Now maybe Cameron picked it up from Princeton. Probably. Yeah. They have, they have meetings. They have club meetings. Oh yeah. Right. You know, with the, with the rugby shirts. Yeah. Tad probably wears rugby shirts. No, he doesn't even know what rugby what a, is. No. You know what I mean? No, it's not, it's not hipster enough for Tad. It's not no, rugby. Although he might wear it ironically, actually, he's going to go get one on a thrift store today. You, you think so? Yeah, yeah. You think so? No, but to get back to your original question, it's it's such a, I mean, I don't know, Mich- Michigan, the University of Michigan is a uh, considers itself a very serious place, mm-hmm. right? 
Yes, a very a very studious place, and you can see it. I mean, I have family that works that, that works up there and involved up there, and you know, um, and and you you can just see it in, in the, the the comportment and the way. It's not that they don't party and get drunk. Oh. And, no, no, no. Seriously, it's it's not that it's not that they don't party and get drunk and get silly and all that. They do. I'm talking about the students. Yeah. But there's 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 something I don't know. I don't want to say ambition because that's not fair to any other college. But it's just a it's a it's a way of being that people. Is it the chicken or the egg? Is it, you get here and you start acting like that? You tamp down your inner, uh, you know, your inner human desires, or or are you that way and you're drawn to Michigan? I don't know, Carlos. I mean, maybe you should answer that. I, I know the answer absolutely. If you if you want to tamp, if you can't tamp down your human desires, you go to Eastern Michigan and go to school there. Um, but yeah, that's and hang out and hang out with the, and hang out with all the people that are going to go be high school teachers yeah. and elementary school teachers. That's the school that that, that teaches people how to educate you in know, the public school system. This is. Michigan stuff is just a bunch of malarkey. It's just it's this this mythology. I have plenty of friends who've gone to Michigan, and the funny thing about I've got have friends who gone as under undergrads at Michigan and I was like yeah it's a good school like a lot of schools are good schools you know and fine and there you would never under you would never know what school they went to if you talk to them or even if they talk about Michigan itself like yeah it's a good school and I know people gone through the graduate programs there and once you go to graduate school it's kind of like they they know more than anything yeah a lot of graduate programs are you know high level good schools but it's not like oh my god you know go blue grad school i mean there's plenty of great grad programs so there's a small there there's a segment in there that you want to buy into it i think and 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 michigan does a good job of perpetuating that's a it's a really great school but there's a lot of really great schools but credit to them it does no and the, and the whole cliche about the khakis and all that not jim right. harbaugh's khakis but just the Look, I remember it's funny. It, uh, I hate to play into this even more, but I'm just going to tell you this quick little story. I was working in Alabama, northern Alabama, in the newspaper, at a newspaper in the late '90s. I don't know, from '95 to 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. And a really good friend of mine, it was a columnist at the, this paper. He was uh, had been a sports columnist, but he was a news columnist at this paper, and had been all over the SEC, and you know, it was really familiar with Southern football and all those great crowds in Baton Rouge and Florida and Gainesville and Tuscaloosa, etc. And he came up to meet my family one time and hang out, and he wanted to go to the game at at, uh, at Michigan. So we go to I want to say Penn State, and both teams were really good. Right? I mean, Michigan was rolling back then. I don't know if it was '98 or '99. It was somewhere in there. And he liked the experience. I mean, because the, the the stadium itself is fabulous, right? Mm-hmm. Visually, it's great. Yeah. But I remember, I remember when we left. He's like, that, that, I've just never seen a more quiet hundred thousand people in my life. It it really <laughs> struck him. Yeah. Well, and he wanted to know why. And he wanted. He was asking me the same thing you're asking me now. He wanted to know why. Why was that? Yeah, that's a good question. And and the the two things I remember because coming from L.A., you know, UCLA played at the Rose Bowl. And I don't think they ever had 100,000 people there unless maybe USC was playing there. But it was the same kind of a whole different reason. I'm not going to get into that. But but it was a very sedate crowd at the Rose Bowl for UCLA games. Michigan isn't quite that. But I remember the first time I saw the big house and driving to it, as you know, it's built into the ground. It looks like nothing. It looks like a tiny little like bowl out of the ground. And obviously, they've changed it over the years with the with the additions and the, the luxury boxes. But uh, but yeah, when when you get into the bowl, it's like, oh, this is a big stadium. But yeah, I just couldn't. I, I've never. I always heard that about Michigan. And the one school, the one other school that I've ever been to that I thought was hilarious, and uh, uh, our editor Peter Batia may fire me after this. But when I went to a, 
Cal Stanford game at Stanford Stadium, people were literally picnicking um, on the little path to the stadium, drinking wine and cheese outside of the stadium. <laughs> I thought this is just never going to be an amazing program. No, you know what? I mean, dude, Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> I mean, the, it, whatever issues he had with practice and 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 on all that sort of Careful. stuff and uh, NCAA violations easy, and on easy. all that. Careful, right? Too soon. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know it is too soon. And and it's funny because you know people have their feelings about that. Aside from all of that, there was a contingent that did not like him from the start in part because he was trying to bust up some of those traditions i remember when he had the players circle you know and they and they would play uh the white stripes if i'm not mistaken and and they were mixing the music up and they were trying to change some of that and people flipped out i mean some of the younger people probably thought it was great the students maybe not care but there was a contingent of the alumni base that that didn't know what to do with that and and I remember talking to Rodriguez at one point. He didn't necessarily like it. He didn't feel like he fit in. And it's it's what you're talking about, right? But look, we're, we're, we we've gotten way too far away. I'm sorry about this uh, for anybody out there that's that's putting up with uh, Carlos. And I thank you very much, by the way. But Carlos, we say all that to say the scene yesterday. That's why we're talking about, it, right? It was a little surprising. But then maybe it wasn't because it, they beaten Ohio State once in the last 17 years or 18 years. They hadn't beaten them in eight years, right? And, and, and not just – they hadn't just lost to them. I mean, there were some heartbreak losses in there, but the last few losses have just been annihilations and the talent level. And Harbaugh steps in and takes over as Michigan coach when Urban Meyer had turned Ohio State not maybe quite into Alabama, but close to it. He was recruiting on that same level. And so – Ohio State is, had been as good as it had ever been, and that's what Harbaugh stepped into and was trying to compete with. And so they were getting waxed. I mean, it didn't that, the, the first couple of years, but so that – there was an exorcism yesterday, right? It was a purge. It was speaking of letting your guard down and just being human. You know, people were crying yesterday, Carlos, literally. I had people texting me and family members and friends that I know – and they were talking about shedding tears. It was all over Facebook timelines and social media timelines. They let themselves be real fans yesterday, and I think you saw that when they stormed the field. Well, let me ask you, um, by the way, the, one of my favorite things from yesterday was Jim Harbaugh's comment, quote, after the game, <laughs> ripping on Ryan Day. I know what you're going to uh, yeah. say. <laughs> Some people were, were born on third base and think that they hit a triple. <laughs> oh, that was – that was he's you know he's had that in his pocket for a long time. He's been waiting to pull that out. But let me, but let me ask you this, and, and I think I know the answer because I read your column. Does this which one? Does this the last one about which Harbaugh, one of my fabulous columns? Your 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 Jim Harbaugh king king of the world for the rest of eternity column. Mm-hmm. Does this absolve him of everything? He's fight. He has he lowered the bar so low that finally beating Ohio State for the first time in the seven years that you know I didn't play last year, but in, in his career that that's it. It's he's he's absolved, exonerated. Everything's good. Does this do it? I mean, because we still have a couple. We have future for Michigan. It, 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 it look, it, it, Carlos. That's a good question. It does for this week. I mean, dude, he just beat the best offense in college football, right? I mean, so that that that's part of it. And the and the the turnaround, the idea that anybody thought they were going to beat Ohio State coming into this season, and that they were going to win to get to eleven and one and get to the Big Ten East uh, or win the Big Ten East and get to the Big Ten title game. I mean, so that's part of what's going on. It's it's shocking to people. 
right? Even yesterday, even during the game, I, right. I know there are Michigan fans out there waiting for Ohio State to just go on a run, right? You just you kept waiting for it to happen and waiting. And, it, it, you know, there are a few crazy great plays by the Buckeyes here and there. But every time they did something, Michigan just – and I want to talk about this offense here in a minute, but Michigan answered, right? But I would say to you regarding Harbaugh, it depends on what happens. If he beats Iowa Saturday Saturday night in Indianapolis in the Big Ten title game, so that's that's more leeway. If he then goes and wins the semifinal and the college football playoff against Notre Dame or Cincinnati or Oklahoma State or whomever – it should be. I don't think they'll get slated in the four spot and have to deal with Georgia. If he does that and gets the title game, that's even more leeway. If he somehow pulls off another huge upset and wins the national title, yeah, you know, then he's set for for a few years. Right? Well, let me okay. Well, let me let me ask you that. Okay, just just okay. He's 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 won the the Big Ten. He's won the Big Ten division for the first time, right? Okay, in his time, great. He beat Ohio State convincingly just a nice cathartic beat down at home people are emotional great okay good word cathartic cathartic and and then if he goes what if he loses to iowa in the big 10 championship then what that won't be that won't help but what is it then what happens if he's he and then they go to they're going to go to a nice bowl game whatever but but is that it or are people slated or or sated with this that you know okay the the Go ahead, sorry. No, that's it. If, uh, is this enough? Is just beating Ohio State this way and winning the East, is that enough even if they don't? It's enough. It's enough. Um, right. It's enough in the moment, right? It's it's enough in this in this moment. I think if they lose to Iowa, that will definitely be an enormous letdown at this point because I think Michigan's a, a better team than Iowa, right? And and most people understand that, I think, at this point. So if they if they don't play well, turn the ball over and, all, and lose a – close painful game to Iowa that will diminish this sum and then it'll be up to him to go win a bowl game and write it but that that will definitely hurt but he'll still have the glow of beating Ohio State there will be some people if he loses to Iowa think okay that was just a fluke you, you got the snow like you said the conditions it was at home you know it's just it was a one off i don't yeah but i don't think they'll completely turn on him if he loses to Iowa if he beats Iowa and gets to the playoff you know, and he's not playing Georgia. There'll be some pressure to win that game, right? Mm-hmm. There, there really will be. Well, um, I think that I think that honestly, my guess is if he and I think they'll beat Iowa. But if they lose to Iowa, I think that the narrative is going to be we've taken a big step in the right direction. And and one of the big things too, especially among fans in Ann Arbor and a lot of the fan bases. This, that was the last game of the season at Michigan Stadium. They're not going to see them there again for another year. So that feeling, that 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 just warmth and the visuals of, you know, all the fans on the field and the celebrating and all this and Juwan Howard, your guy, you know, embracing Harbaugh on the field, all this stuff, that's still going to linger. That's what you're going to remember. Um, and, yeah, they, you know, it'll be a huge disappointment. But I think that that's, the narrative is going to be they've taken – the right step forward with Harbaugh. This is the beginning of something. Whether anything really comes well, of it, is and a he said question. that right. He said that Did right, Carlos. He he actually said that literally yesterday. Yeah. This is the beginning, yeah. and I think he's right. And I don't think they're going to lose to Iowa unless they're fluky, fluky circumstances. I don't completely agree with you on that. I think if they lose to Iowa, um, unless it's just there's some kind of circumstance, the extenuating circumstance. When I, I don't know, I mean, a, a missed call or whatever. So Michigan. You know, <laughs> Or something like that. That'll be more frustrating, and maybe less on Harbaugh. But if 
if they lose to Iowa, I do think it, part of the crowd that loves Michigan is going to say, okay, that was a little, maybe that was a one-off against Ohio State, and he still can't win the game that, that matters. If he loses to Georgia, gets to the title game, loses to Georgia, people are going to be fine. They'll if be disappointed. They, if they just get to the CFP, they'll be he'll be fine, I think. If he's just I, I agree, unless, unless they get blown out by Cincinnati or, or something like that. Right? I mean, it, it, yes, but I, in general, I agree. It's like when Michigan State got to the college f- football playoff and they lost big to Alabama. That was enjoyable for Michigan fans. But Michigan State fans mostly said, oh, my God, we got to the college football playoff, right? It's because they think they and have that, a chance. A little, like, this is this is our chance. That? That's a, it's because they think this is our chance. This is where we can we're in the tournament. We have a chance, and and it's, it's yeah. A, and and, it and let's like talk waste. about that. Yeah, let's and let's let's put Harbaugh in the context of this offense for a second because the reason they think they have a chance, Carlos, you you saw that game, man. He and I don't. We can go back here in a second, but but just the offensive line he's got right now is the best offensive line he's had. Is one of the best Michigan's had, and I don't know when. Probably going back to Lloyd Carr. These are the kind of lines that they used to have in the 90s and the 80s when they had two, three leaguers every year. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. John Jansen, Jeff Backus, those guys. Yeah, exactly. And then and then that um, running back. <laughs> yeah. Hassan, Hassan Haskins. My goodness. You know, I don't know if he's going to play in the NFL or not. I, it's hard to imagine a guy that tough with that kind of vision and balance and want to, can't find a, a, a room somewhere in the league. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it, you know, he's going to go to as, as Michael Cohen, our our, our terrific uh, beat writer, who we were lucky to get back in the summer, mentioned yesterday, who lo- he just loves watching Has- Haskins run. He said the problem is he's going to go to Indy and run a four six or four seven. You know what I mean, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're gonna and you're gonna get lost in, you're gonna get lost in that. But you watched him run Saturday. It was unreal. He had 169 yards, 28 carries. I mean, every single time Michigan needed to to, to do something, Ohio State made a play. Here's Haskins running behind that line, mm-hmm. completely synced up. What yeah. What'd you think? I I really loved how um, his his yards after after contact. He really fought for tough yards. You know, up the middle, even when you know when there wasn't a huge crease for him necessarily. I think his vision's good. His toughness is good. Um, that's nice, um, but yeah, you're. It's going to be the thing. The, the my problem with college football in general is that best athlete wins. You know, they hit these guys hit the edges and they're off because the guys in the defense aren't quite as good or fast. And it's funny you see guys in the NFL they have to beat it out of them saying you're not going to be an edge defender in the NFL. You're not going to get to the sideline. You got to make a cut off the tackle or whatever. And that's the only problem with college football. It's hard to judge them sometimes. I don't know how good the linebackers are for Ohio State and all that. So, but he had some tough yards. Really great runs. It was it was a pleasure to watch. Um, one of these just old school Big Ten in the snow ground game. You know, for the early part of the game at least, it was it was a fun it was a fun game. No, yeah, and it was and it was a mix. And, and what we saw Saturday to me, kind of getting back to Harbaugh for a second, is is what I think folks thought we'd see seven years ago. Right, I thought they'd see seven years ago when he was hired, right? And he that he, he blended this physicality and toughness and relentlessness with, with sort of modern and creative play calling and and design. Not too too fancy, but I mean, you know, yesterday we, or yeah, yesterday I guess Saturday, this this season he also he brings back two tight ends, right? And you know, he's he's uh, mixing up 
zone blocking and man-to-man blocking up front and all that. And the way everybody's moving together and the way he's kind of setting things up. I mean, he did this at Stanford. He did this at San Francisco. They were running quarterback San Francisco and Colin Kaepernick. But but the level of physicality in both those stops is, is what we saw Saturday, right? And we saw that a little bit when he first got here. But those were Brady Hoax players. We hadn't really completely seen that until this season. And uh, and then he p- mixes in the creativity. That, the sort of fake, not fake, but the, almost that Statue of Liberty play that led to a touchdown where, he, right. where McNamara throws it, fakes, fakes the throw, doesn't even have the ball. And then while he's handing off with his left hand, I think to A.J. Henning, who does an end around and scores on that play. You, so they, they mix in some stuff like that. But, but, but Harbaugh, you know, changing his culture, Carlos, bringing in a bunch of new – Mike Hart who used to be a running back there, bringing in a bunch – Ron Bellamy was a high school coach at West Bloomfield for receivers, bringing in a bunch of new guys, young guys, changing up the tone and the tenor, trying to listen more, want more input. All, you're bringing in Mike McDonald, you know, who coached, uh, what, linebackers of Baltimore for his brother, John Harbaugh. All of that, all those changes – Re-emphasize, not re-emphasizing, but emphasizing Ohio State in a different way. N- naming their most physical drill the Ohio drill, or beat, o- beat Ohio drill, so sorry. Right? They, they, they changed how they wanted to prepare and think for Ohio State, along with these other broad changes. And um, to, to me, Carlos, that we saw that all come together yesterday. And none of that happens, and I'm curious what you think, without Ward Manuel, the athletic director, or whomever else is involved, the influential donors and administration, school president. Because there was a big chunk yesterday, or last summer, last winter rather, after the season, that wanted him out. And Michigan stayed, oh, yeah. stayed, and that's not easy to do. What do what, you think of that? You know, give, I've always given Harbaugh credit for trying to change things up. You know, he hasn't just sat still this whole time. You know, he's made changes to his coaching staff. And and they got rid of Don Brown. And Don Brown was really popular and, and respected. And, uh, you, you know, so so he's he hasn't just sat there and done nothing and, be, and been, um, you know, uh, pig-headed about, I'm not going to do it, I know what I'm doing, whatever. And the thing we have to remember, like you mentioned, you know, he had Colin Kaepernick with the 49ers. He had Andrew Luck at Stanford. You know, he's had these really, really good quarterbacks. He hasn't had that at Michigan. And people, whether it's a chicken or the egg thing of he hasn't developed them or he hasn't had them is a different question. But he just hasn't had that elite, elite quarterback to run his offense. So he's he's done well, especially this year, you know, with McNamara to get to, get to where he wanted this offense to go. I don't know how much Ward Manuel has, or, you know, I don't know who knows, maybe Matt Ishbia's pulling the strings behind the, you know, behind the curtains. We don't, we're not sure, but, but Ward Manuel, <laughs> you know, like we don't know, but there's something and they've changed the contract. By the way, this, this win was worth $500,000 of a bonus. And if he beats Iowa, that's a million dollars. So he's got one, he, he can make $1.5 million in, in what it is it, you know, eight days. Yeah, so the, so the, but he's just earning back what he was, had been getting paid previously, right? Kind of. But who, who, what, what school at this level, big time college football program, forces the coach to take a pay cut if he wants to stay, right? And then also yeah. gives him another chance because Harbaugh changed everything up two years before. Right. Right. And, and had talked a lot about it. And it, did, it didn't quite work out. And to your point about the quarterbacks, and I was talking about this about uh, with this the other day with Nick Baumgartner, who used to you know uh, work for us, who covered Michigan for us, great football mind, works for the Athletic now. In any case, we were talking about his two best teams, his two toughest minded teams, and one was his first one, one with Jake Rudock, 
who you knew because he ended up oh yeah in the Lions locker room right good guy just a good solid quarterback Cade McNamara's got some of that similar some of those similar qualities these players his teammates love him and we were and we were talking about this yesterday Carlos and, and I think fans fall in love with the big arm and all that stuff you've talked about that with Stafford not that the, his teammates didn't love Stafford but Matthew Stafford but McNamara's guys love him and you can see that and you and, and I could I remember thinking that at the beginning the first time I started talking to him and watching him in press conferences just the way he carried himself you could see it was different yeah, yeah maybe he doesn't have the huge arm but but that matters right Carlos and you can see that in this team. Yeah, for sure. College quarterback is all about leadership. You know, um, you you have to have that. And, and, you know, all good teams. And it's not to say that he hasn't had, like, you know, like we're saying, Jake Rudock and, and guys in leadership roles before. Um, but the guys you can just see who are a step above and, and faster, quicker, stronger, uh, you know, analyze defenses better, whatever it might be. Um, you know, and I, I don't know about, I, I, I doubt Cade McNamara has any NFL future, you know, and that's, that doesn't mean anything about his college, you know, but, but just the level, the talent level there, um, you know, that, that does matter I mean, as far as what a coordinator, what a play caller can do, how they can utilize them. Um, you know, but yeah, that's, I, I've liked Cade McNamara, like you said, the way he carries himself, you know, a lot of the stuff you see on the field, the way he commands the offense and the huddle and everything. Um, it's a pleasure to watch. So it's, it's, it's nice to see that offense reach its potential with what they have really. No, for sure. And then, and then he makes, and he's done this all year long. I know yesterday he had the pick and tried to force it into three guys when they were about to take a 14 to nothing lead. And you wonder what the, what, if they'd blown him out even more at that point, but, um, not that they blew him out, but he has two or three throws a game, Carlos, where he's kind of dropping it in over the shoulder. You know, maybe it's on a third down. It just, mm-hmm. just, and you saw it yesterday. There were there were two or three throws yesterday that were just gorgeous. Yeah. And 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 in a moment that really mattered. I mean, you could say at every moment in a game like that it matters. But he he's got that ability. Rudock had a little bit of that in mm-hmm. him, you know, and and makes me wonder if McNamara will kind of do what Rudock did, right? Have that kind of a. I mean, I, I don't know, and we, maybe we don't want to get too far ahead of that. But, but to your point about about Harbaugh and his the changes he's made and, and what he's done and and what this is going to do. I mean, this is as we kind of wrap this up here, Carlos. This is I, I don't know if you agree or not, but it's clearly the, his biggest win. Oh. And he said that yesterday. I mean, it, other than maybe the NFC Championship game to the to the Super Bowl, although this is probably even more satisfying than that, to be honest, because he didn't have to listen to all the garbage. He's had to listen to the last six, seven years. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, because and like we've said, you know, cathartic, this is a redemptive, you know, win and what he's done. And and I think when you're, you know, it means something because when you're, you know, when he got to the 49ers, you know, all he did was win. You know, he went from USD to, to Stanford to to San Francisco. And, and, you know, it just seemed like this guy was just going to do nothing but win. And now he comes home. He's supposed to be the hero. It hasn't gone the way it was. Everybody had written it and he was a savior and all this stuff. Um, but for him to, to, to do that, you know, to make all these changes, like you said, to bring in the new coaching staff, some guys on the coaching staff. And when, I mean, you know, we had, we had people, a lot of people, you know, I mean, I mean, when they lost to Michigan state, uh, you know, we had some prominent people in the media, Tell him to pack his stuff and go. You know, I mean, it was people were angry. And so this was a season all about redemption. I think redemption is a lot more satisfying sometimes than just, you know, continued victory after victory. So I don't I don't doubt it at all. And 
man, this is going to be one of those moments that's going to be part of his story. And this is going to be the main, one of the main things of his story is that year he blew, I don't know if I think a 20 some point win is a blowout in college, I think, but well, you know, 42, 27, but that's okay. Okay. Third, I can't, I'm not a math major like you are, Sean. I'm sorry. Was that 15 points? 15, that's points. 15 points. It felt like a blowout, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a convincing win. Uh, great for the program. And it, it may end up rewriting or starting to, start writing a new chapter in his legacy at Michigan, but this is going to be a huge part of his legacy. Absolutely. Especially if this, if this does, like he said, he feels like this is a beginning and, and maybe it is, maybe he's finally found uh, to use a, you know, a coaching phrase, the secret sauce, right? Yeah. With the, with the, the mix of the youth and the veterans within his staff, with the way he's recruiting, with the, the way he's developing. I mean, he's not quite recruiting at Ohio state, Alabama level, but, but he's getting enough guys and they're developing guys to where, you know, they've got next level players on this roster. And, they, and you, know, you get them in the right spots and the, and the way you match up. And we see what what there is yesterday. And then and then him, he, what he brings, his his essence, what made it was made him a great coach at every stop before here. If that's what we're going to start seeing, you know, this, this could be fun. And uh, with what Ryan Day has obviously got in Ohio State and then with Mel Tucker. You know, if he can start filling in some of those holes up there uh, through the transfer portal, but also start recruiting and developing himself now that he's locked up for 10 years, this this could get really, really fun here the next four or five years, couldn't it, with, with college football? Yeah, it can be it can be a huge uh, boost. It can be what uh, what what Michigan football fans in the state have been hoping for. You know, a lot a lot more parity, a lot more power in the programs, sustained success, sustained rivalries, good game. You know, all this stuff. I mean, it's going to be it, it could be the start of something. Or both teams could take a step back next year. None of this matters, and then we're all disappointed again. So, but I know you root for winning, Sean. So, so we're we're going to hope to to have a, a strong two teams going forward. I do. I well, there are a couple. Look, man. I like a lot of sports writers. I root. I, it's not that you root for winning. You root for a good story, right? Right. You know. And plus, we live in these communities that we that we cover and write about. And and you know, you want to see your fellow uh, your fellow folks have a little bit of joy. And there was incredible joy yesterday in Ann Arbor under that uh, low ceiling, that low cloud ceiling with that snow, uh, the snow flurries mostly. And the, the, the students storm in the field, and Harbaugh smiling. When's the last time you see him smiling? And, <laughs> and people in the stands weeping, and, and uh, all over social media. And it, I mean, it was just, it was really, really something. It was one of one of the best wins any any team that we we write about and cover around here has had in a long, long time. It's why we're talking on this podcast today, um, Carlos. When we reconvene in a couple of days and record for our, our regularly scheduled Thursday drop. We'll take a look a little bit more at the game Saturday, the, the the playoff possibilities, who might be there, you know, Michigan's chances for, for taking this to even more unimaginable places. And um, I don't know. We can talk some hockey if you want them to. <laughs> well, uh, I, I just want you to wax more poetic. I mean, you're turning into Grantland Rice Jr. there uh, for a minute, so I was really impressed. Um, but, yeah, we can talk about hockey as it pertains to either basketball or uh, or college football. <laughs> well, 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 I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. But I really appreciate you taking some time on your Sunday. I'm hoping uh, I didn't interrupt your uh, your shaving time. You know what I mean? But that is, that is a rather handsome shadow there. I like that. You know? Just for you, Sean. Can I can I can I say that? Yeah, of course you can. It's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's not it's, it's not uh, Tad's beard, but you know, 
What is? Well, no, but Tad's going for the certain kind of look, you know, the millennial, whatever. He's driving around on a scooter. You're looking for more of a debonair kind of a right. I I, I know, thought Tad rode around on a unicycle. I think that's I think that's more Tad's vibe than scooter. Well, I want to see I want to see Tad on a Vespa. <laughs> well, do you think Vespas are gonna make a comeback? They were they were they were hipster cool in the '80s before the word hipster. But uh, I don't know. So maybe he's got that. Look, man, we've uh, we said we wanted. To, hey, let's let's talk about this. Uh, this this huge win and this big big story and let's talk for fifteen and twenty minutes and here we are almost at a regular full podcast length full podcast length with no breaks Carlos wow yeah yeah when you read your columns live on air that's that that takes up a little bit of time so we're uh, oh did you do that I'm yeah. sorry I fell asleep well, next next podcast we'll do the period. other column you wrote we'll just Sean reads po- his columns that's that's the next podcast we're launching well I would rather hear you read them and then uh, make fun of them. <laughs> I, I do out? that at home anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, man. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, your your Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's good to see you on a Sunday. I feel a little less lonely now. Me too. You know good, what I mean, Sean. Me too. Okay. All right. I've enjoyed this. Well, look, bud. We will we will reconvene later this week for our our normal drop on Thursday. Sound good? Perfect. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's thank Tad. Thanks, uh, Tad. The great Tad. Right? Can we do yes. that? And Todd is dad. Let's thank Todd because Ted's here. <laughs> For making this possible, we want to thank uh, Anjanette Delgado and Kirkland Crawford for making us do this on our day off. Thank you very much, both of you. No, we were we were seriously happy to do it. Those are our executive producers. We want to thank Peter Batia, the executive editor for the Free Press. And we want to thank you for making time to listen to a second podcast in less than seven days. Uh, that's a lot of work for Carlos. It uh, you know requires probably some extra dabbing of the brow to wipe the sweat off, but he, but he's going to be okay. Don't worry about him. Look, if you like this podcast, please rate it, subscribe it, uh, subscribe to it. Excuse me, rate it. Tell us what you think. We would uh, love some feedback. And you can find us at wherever you like your I don't know wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, those kind of places. In any case, Carlos, any last thoughts before we wrap this up? I think you're launching a second podcast just on the thanks alone. So, uh, no, let's go. Let's well, get going. You know, I'm sorry. I, I fall into the Sally Field thing sometimes. <laughs> and Ted, what Ted an old reference. He doesn't know who I Sally know, Field is. That's not a good, that's a terrible <laughs> reference. I'm sorry about that. In any case, listen, uh, that will do it. We will see you guys and talk to you guys soon.